Good morning. I am your host, Anna Vincent, and today we have Dr. John Woodward with us. He's Executive Director to the School of Christian Counseling with Grace Fellowship International. Good morning, John. Good morning. It's good to have you again. It's good to be back, Anna. Thanks for the invitation. All right. So John is married to Linda, and they have five children and five grandchildren. <laughs> Must be a very special number. Um, yes. <laughs> well, okay, you can listen to this program on the podcast, www.gracefortoday.ca, for those of you listening also through Grace Walk Ministries. And uh, I will post all the information on Dr. Woodward's email, um, his email and his website on my website, so you can look uh, for all the information there. And today we are going to focus on a portrait of discipleship. And uh, today we will do part one. And uh, on Thursday we will do part two. And Dr. Woodward, you are going to teach us on the difference between discipleship and counseling, Christ-centered counseling. What can you tell us about it? Well, Anna, I appreciate the opportunity for us to discuss something that's so central uh, to our walk with God, namely discipleship. And uh, the idea of a portrait of discipleship has to do with a, a symbolism of a little um, memory device that, that I've used, which talks about Christ as the uh, center of the uh, believer's life, as symbolized by um, the countenance of Christ being the actual painting of this portrait. And then the frame would represent four aspects of growing as a believer, and we'll look at what those four sides uh, represent in terms of having a dynamic walk with God. Okay, so what is the difference then um, between the two of them? What would you say is the emphasis? Well, it seems that counseling, and I hear I'm speaking of biblical counseling that is designed to help people solve their problems through a um, personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and we believe that biblical counseling really overlaps, you might say, discipleship. They uh, have similarities, but also distinctives, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, how they're similar and how they're distinct. Let me begin by uh, giving a case example uh, with some information being changed uh, for the sake of my um, counselees, but a couple had come for help that uh, were having difficulties in their marriage. Uh, there was drug uh, drug abuse. There were many conflicts in their marriage. Uh, they also um, had the death of a loved one very close to them that took a real toll on their relationship. And as they worked through that, um, there was a major change that took place in their life when, when the husband, uh, about 30 years of age, came to know Jesus in a personal way, and although he was religious prior to that time, when he received Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior, he found a tremendous uh, spiritual breakthrough of forgiveness, of uh, freedom, of God's love and his encouragement. And so uh, this young husband's life began to change. I'll call him Joe. And so as Joe's uh, life began to change, that automatically began to uh, improve his family life because he started to have more love for his uh, wife and 
and child, he had more um, patience and kindness and encouragement because of the Spirit of God working in his life. Uh, but as they came for counseling, um, there were issues regarding uh, their lifestyle from a number of years previous to that that really um, they needed to work through. So counseling, although it involves discipleship elements, has a strategic focus of helping people solve problems. Now, Anna, when you were down in Tennessee for, for training, uh, would you add to that? What would you comment on in terms of how discipleship and counseling go together? Well, uh, the counseling, the discipleship seems to be our normal way of learning and growing in in our Christian life. But for me, the discipleship was uh, that area where I have deep problems and I still didn't understand why I had these problems, why I couldn't handle them. And it was a, still a mystery to me, even though I have been in church most of my life, and I often wonder, well, God, why is it that I have gone to so many conferences, I am at church every time they open the door, I read my Bible, what am I missing? What What's happening in my life that it doesn't change the way the Bible says it should be changed? And um, that I, I had a, an excellent experience. First, um, before going to... The teaching I had experienced loves God, uh, God's love and acceptance for me. Uh, that was a huge breakthrough for me because uh, I needed to understand that I could trust God um, and that He loves me unconditionally. So that part of my life was um, was firm and and it was wonderful. But when I came for the training. Even though I had learned a lot about the flesh, what the flesh is, and the flesh patterns, and and how we cope and act and react with uh, to life when difficulties come, um, I I knew all that information, but it hadn't become real to me. So when I came for the training, my biggest discovery was understanding where I was behaving with my flesh and not allowing the Spirit of God to be real in my life. It was so beautiful, and I know that it is painful to um, to carry on our cross, to die to those patterns, because um, pride and arrogancy and rebellion is so embedded in our minds um, that it's difficult, it's impossible for us to get rid of it, but the beauty of that impossibility is that it is possible to God. Yes, so the the benefit that you received was not only counseling training, but as uh, we went through the, the counseling principles, you gleaned insights and benefits for your own personal walk, which mm-hmm. is what I hope each one of us uh, will do. Mm-hmm. And so that brings out the fact that discipleship does overlap with biblical counseling because God showed you, Anna, the importance of uh, God being a God of love and his approachability through his grace, and that uh, prepared you to have additional spiritual discoveries. Mm -hmm. So how about if I summarize it this way? The discipleship involves uh, coming to know God through a personal relationship with Christ. We call Mm -hmm. that salvation. Mm -hmm. And ideally, if people were discipled um, in a dynamic way, as the New Testament describes, through encouraging their personal walk with God, 
which is foundational. Secondly, having a mentor uh, where you have kind of a coach, a friend that will guide you in his or her uh, uh, personal maturity and, and encouragement so that one-to-one aspect of discipleship. And then the New Testament describes the value of a small group, kind of like a little spiritual family of maybe 8, 10, or 12 people where uh, we interact around the scriptures, we encourage each other, we pray for each other, we build relationships, and uh, that's that's a really important ingredient in discipleship, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the the church experience on, on Sunday is meant to celebrate and encourage all of the above. So if people were discipled with a Christ-centered, grace-oriented perspective, then the need for, we might call it remedial discipleship or counseling, uh, would go down quite a bit, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah. And then, then we will grow. We will. There will be that um, opportunity for the Spirit of God to be real to us, because in the minds of many of us is is unattainable. It's like it's there for somebody else or for a special group of people, but not for me because it doesn't seem to become real to me. But um, being discipled properly. Is vital. We need to know, as you say, the Christ-centered and grace-oriented teaching, so that we know who we are, and we know whose we are, and we know the power that is in us to live in this life like children of God. Um, you mentioned also the small groups or Bible studies, and the the safety of being in one and being able to be open and say, "I'm discovering this." flesh pattern and this is how God is teaching me um, how uh, he has taken me out of it and given me freedom from it and to do something like that you need to be safe you need to feel safe so the small groups uh, Bible studies are are very important and um, and and very necessary for us for our spiritual growth I agree if I can go back to uh, the Joe and Cindy changing their names, the couple I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast. Um, as Joe came to know God and read the scriptures and prayed and began to uh, open his heart to God, changing him, his marriage started to improve, his personal life improved, the drugs got set aside and so forth. But let me transition now to how counseling, biblical counseling, at least how Grace Fellowship um, teaches it and advocates it, uh, has some distinctives, okay? Mm-hmm. So we would say that biblical counseling is remedial discipleship. In other words, it's a type of Christian teaching and learning that really is uh, right there in the scriptures and should be part of every every church and personal ministry's uh, uh, purpose and, and process. But um, we see that it's usually overlooked because we think it's really important to go deeper into uh, what Paul's letters especially talk about, namely Christ in you, the hope of glory. We believe that the Spirit of Christ dwells in every uh, true believer. Romans 8.11 says that the Spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he'll give life to your, your mortal body, your life, by his Spirit that lives in you. So we see that our personal relationship with God is central, but how does this relate to counseling? Let me mention three things in particular, Anna. First, uh, biblical counseling has a different motivation. 
uh, in discipleship, we should be motivated out of gratitude to God to, to learn and to grow and to develop simply because that is uh, a healthy way for our spiritual life to advance. However, in counseling, it's usually motivated by a problem-solving agenda. What do I mean by that? Uh, this couple, for example, still hurting from damage done to their marriage over the years, uh, still having issues regarding unforgiveness and mistrust and unresolved grief. So there's a, a problem that needs to be solved. It could be uh, depression or panic attacks or anxiety or relationship problems. And this person says, I want to resolve these problems. I need help. Uh, it could be interpreted as primarily psychological, dealing with mind or emotions or, or habit patterns. But biblical counseling is different from psychotherapy or psychiatry in that we believe that if it's a non-organic issue, in other words, it's not caused by a, a physical problem, then we expect that the Spirit of God is able uh, to bring renewal and freedom and healing to that person's life. And it's so exciting, isn't it, Anna, to see mm -hmm. lives transformed and people come into uh, personal renewal and, and freedom through uh, the strategic biblical counseling process. Mm -hmm. Through understanding how we are made. And uh, that was a huge revelation to me to, to know how I am made, how I function, and... Um, uh, and the answers that God has for us. And uh, again, I have said this before, and I, I repeat it, not, um, uh, not as a critical thing, but not as a criticism, but as a concern for our spiritual being and for mine, obviously, because that's where I have um, started my, my questioning, that if the Spirit of God lives in us, if we are children of God and we have everything that we need to live in this life and to respond to situations um, in, with the fruit of the Spirit, then um, where, where are we lacking in the teaching um, that we have received? And there is nothing more encouraging and more um, beautiful than to see permanent changes in, in our lives. Um, and we get to those permanent changes when we understand whose power we live from. Um, and that's, that has been the answers that I have been receiving through the counseling. Through the so, Anna, you mentioned the uh, value of seeing that we are spiritual beings as well as psychological beings and physical beings and we go to the New Testament to clarify how to our spirit we can relate to God to our soul we primarily relate to others and through our body we relate to our environment mm -hmm. and things like um, a deeper understanding of God's grace so in counseling because it is uh, one to one sometimes however the, counts the counselor has a assistant a prayer partner but usually it's one to one and that allows a more a clear and personal explanation of essential biblical um, promises and provisions that are often overlooked in, in mainstream discipleship. So I mentioned, first of all, that counseling is distinctive in that there's a problem-solving agenda. The motivation is primarily uh, to get personal relief and see problems solved, although hopefully the Christian's ultimate desire is for God to be glorified. But um, we see that there's a practical motivation there of, 
of uh, resolving personal conflicts. Secondly, let me just mention that counseling has a different structure. We talked about different aspects of discipling, and we'll talk more about that um, next time. But in terms of the Christ-centered counseling process that we use and advocate, it begins with the structure of the person um, calling to set up an appointment. We give them some uh, preliminary reading to do so that uh, the expectations line up and they begin to learn some of the principles that we discuss in the session. And then they come in, and uh, after filling out some forms uh, for personal information and other things, we uh, begin by uh, getting acquainted, and the counselee will talk about their personal life and what they're dealing with. And we often will ask, uh, well, what has brought you in for counseling? And he or she may talk about personal struggles or relationship conflicts, um, other problems that uh, may have been chronic over a period of time but may have boiled over into a crisis situation. But we call those the presenting problems, what uh, they're dealing with that motivates them to come for counseling. And then secondly, the structure involves uh, taking a background history. Now, when we talk about taking someone's uh, background history, we're not talking about multiple sessions of someone laying on the couch and saying everything about their previous uh, years. We talk about it in terms of getting about a a 45-minute overview of a person's life. Not to be nosy, but in a diagnostic sense, we're looking for themes like, um, has there been a lack of meaningful love in this person's life? In other words, have they experienced rejection? And if so, what kind of rejection and how has that affected them? Uh, I would look for things like, uh, what identity are they living out of? Uh, an identity that may have been given to them or one that they have uh, ascribed to themselves because we know that a person basically lives in a way that corresponds to their personal identity, right? Mm -hmm. And as we discern that, we may also look for things like how they've learned to cope with the pressures and stresses of life. Have they become an extrovert or an introvert? Do they tend to blame shift or turn to alcohol or drugs or, you know, what are the techniques of coping that they have learned, and what values have they uh, been shaped by in terms of their personal motivations. So we train, um, we call them clinical disciplers, uh, but biblical counseling, we train folks to, uh, to look for these type of issues when the counselor does what we call a background history, a survey of their, their um, formative years especially. So we go from the presenting problem to the history taking, and then we transition into the, the actual uh, counsel itself, which is a step-by-step -step process of helping them understand that the self-life, in other words, how they have learned to cope naturally, which you mentioned, Anna, we call it the flesh, you know, in Scripture, um, to see that the flesh or their independent ways of living is the root problem. And once we understand that the flesh or the self-life is the root problem, then we can have new hope when we discover that the Christ-centered life is the ultimate answer, that Jesus said he came to give us life, not only eternal life, but life more abundantly here and now. So as we go through the counseling in a conversational manner, uh, we are guiding the counselee to discover and appropriate aspects of how uh, he or she can live abundantly uh, by a deeper experience of God's love, his grace, and his truth. So again, the counseling model is a getting acquainted time, it's structured, 
uh, we talk about their presenting problems, their background history, and then move into a, a conversational process of guiding them through essential biblical insights. So obviously it overlaps with discipleship, especially the teaching part, but it's in a different structure, and there's also a different time frame. We um, uh, meet with a person maybe two to ten times, and it's very um, purpose-led uh, in terms of helping them resolve their problems biblically, whereas discipleship needs to be uh, continual until we meet the Lord face-to-face. So we're not talking about either or, but really both and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, yes, I, whenever I am in the process of discipling somebody, the greatest discovery is um, the self-life. When, because we all know we have these problems and we don't know. Sometimes we are so involved in the problems and we have, we really don't know what the problem is. <laughs> and uh, and to discover where the problem comes from rather one, than what we think is the problem. It, for example, if I am... Um, if I have become an alcoholic and I think that alcohol is my problem, well, really that alcoholism is not my problem. My problem is, um, as you explained before, uh, where do I get love from if I have? Uh, what is my identity and how do I cope with life? And also what values do I have based on how I have been raised and the messages that I have received from all over as I grew up. So discovering that self-life is beautiful. is It's not very nice because there are all kinds of um, all kinds of bad behavior and, and bad way of thinking. But it's good to know because we will know the truth, and the truth will make us free. God exactly, will make us yeah. free from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up that often um, presenting problems are really symptoms, not the root problem. For example. Uh, the couple I'm calling Joe and Cindy, they had the symptoms of uh, relational tensions and uh, unresolved grief and and bitterness over failures in the marriage. But as they have grown through being discipled personally in the local church and also as they've come for uh, personal counseling, we've seen that uh, God has done a wonderful work in their lives as they've come to learn their real identity in Christ, as they have turned control of their lives over to God as they have forgiven themselves and each other uh, by the grace of God. And so it's wonderful to see how their marriage has been restored, that uh, they have a positive outlook, and they're continuing uh, to grow through discipleship, uh, through their uh, mentoring and uh, small group processes uh, in a local church. So again, um, not only looking at symptoms, but tracing it to the root problem, of uh, what is our source of living, we think is really a key issue. Yes, that is. That is, is it our our self-life, or is it the power of the Spirit of God in us? Um, another thing that is vital for us as Christians when we have um, problems, um, and I, I said when because we all do, is... Um, who do we go to for answers? Because whatever values that person has uh, is going are going to be transferred to us. So it's important to be careful who we um, get advice from or counsel from. 
we say in our training, you remember, Anna, that a counseling model includes a message, it includes a methodology, and so uh, the counseling message has to do with what a person believes is uh, the model of how we're made, um, the nature of the problem and how the answer uh, can be explained, but also a methodology, and is it is it spiritual or secular, is it biblically based or, or non-directive, and we believe that um, as we use a biblical Christ-centered model, we have a clear understanding of the root problem, which we call the self-life, the ultimate answer, which is Christ living in us and through us, meeting our ultimate needs as our good shepherd, and then the, the methodology, as I mentioned, the, uh, the background history, um, the uh, discernment of what a person is living out of, and then the step-by-step conversational process of leading them to discover how they can abide in Christ in a grace-oriented way so that Christ can meet their needs, resolve their conflicts, and then flow through them to be a healing influence in their relationships. Great. Thank you, John. It, it has been great having you today and giving us all of this beautiful information so that we can keep focused. Uh, we have a couple of minutes. How would you like to, um, to finish um, using those two minutes? <laughs> Our listeners might uh, wonder, well, how can I get more involved in dynamic discipleship. We've talked about one-to-one mentoring and things. Um, We have friends in uh, the Calgary, Alberta area, and they're called uh, Dynamic Churches International. Their website is dynamicchurches.org. And at dynamicchurches.org, you can download a number of um, biblically-based lessons in PDF format that you can use for your personal life, or to use in helping another person grow, and they have the Christ-centered, grace-oriented principles that we were talking about. And secondly, if a person would like to know more about uh, Christ-centered counseling and um, to get more of a context for what I briefly touched on, my uh, associate and counseling mentor here at Grace Fellowship, uh, Dr. Charles Solomon, wrote a very uh, important book called Handbook for Christ-Centered Counseling. And so that handbook goes into more detail about this model and the approach and the principles it involves, and that can be ordered through uh, Grace Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I will post some of that information also on my website at uh, gracefortoday.ca if you want to go to the website and, and look it up. In a, uh, just give me about 12 hours. <laughs> Okay, well, the Lord bless you, and uh, thank you very much for sharing with us, and um, also for our listeners, I want to thank you all for uh, your contribution to the radio station and to Grace for Today. Remember always to remind yourself that your Heavenly Father absolutely loves you. Give Him all your worries, and He already gave you the gift of His Spirit. So you can enjoy the fruit of the Spirit living in you and through you. And the more you focus on the Word of God and what He says about you, the more beautiful the Scriptures, the Bible becomes um, to all of us. So God bless you. Until next time. Bye.